It's time for a cup of Joe. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Cup of Joe podcast. My name is Joe. I'll be your host. Now, before we even get into episode four of the podcast this week, I just want to say a quick congratulations to the Toronto Raptors becoming NBA god dang champions. Quite possibly the most stressful basketball game I've ever watched in my life and probably the most historic one uh, at that. So congratulations to the Raptors, to the whole city of Toronto, to the whole country. We were behind you on this one. And honestly, we couldn't be more proud. Now on with the show. Today, it's episode four of the podcast. And on the show, we're going to be talking a 90s horror film turned into a video game. We'll also look at a brand new two-song EP from singer-songwriter Julian Baker. But first, you know what? Let's talk a little bit more about the Raptors. It's been 24 years in the making, but they've finally done it. For the first time in the history of the NBA, a Canadian team has won the NBA championship title. That's right. The Toronto Raptors are the 2019 NBA champions. I, I'm honestly, I'm still buzzing from that last game. It feels so surreal for a team like that to, to finally watch them win a championship that was so well-deserved, I think, especially from, you know, knocking on the doors of the championships for the last few seasons or so. It was a series, a whole playoff run, an entire season, really, that had some drama ever since last summer when the Raptors made a blockbuster of a trade, sending DeMar DeRozan to the San Antonio Spurs for Kawhi Leonard. Now, I will admit, I was one of those people who was pretty upset about that trade. I I love DeRozan. He meant a lot to the city, to the team, and trading him for a guy who all you heard right away in the media was kind of negative stuff had me a little nervous. People were saying that Kawhi was playing up an injury last year because he just didn't want to play in San Antonio anymore. Um, he's really injury prone. Um, he, he really didn't want to be in Toronto at all. Uh, but then he actually gets here with only a year left on his contract. And, uh, and of course, everyone's still speculating how how he's going to perform again, especially playing for a city that he had zero interest in. But then the season starts, and he just lights it up. Not to mention the entire team really stepped up their game after that. Especially team leader Kyle Lowry, you can see his game just evolve and and change over the course of the season as well. They finished second overall in the Eastern Conference. Uh, They headed into the playoffs where they had an even crazier storyline. I mean, they 
lost the very first game of the playoffs against the Orlando Magic. It was a series that everyone thought that, you know, they were pretty much going to sweep the series, but then they did come back, won four straight, moved on to the second round. That one goes all the way to game seven against the Philadelphia 76ers, where we got that iconic buzzer beater shot in the last seconds of the fourth quarter from Kawhi Leonard to move the Raptors to the Eastern Conference Finals, where they would be playing their nemesis for the season, the Milwaukee Bucks. And that series got even crazier if if that was at all possible. After losing two games in a row, fought back, and won four straight games. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, just just the fact that they did that alone, I was I was so excited and I had such confidence in them going into the finals after that. But still, they went in, duked it out with the current dynasty champs, the Golden State Warriors, and beat them in six games to become NBA champions. So proud of the Toronto Raptors. So proud of my team. Through that whole time, this this whole season, all Kawhi Leonard did, I think, was just show to people his professionalism, his work ethic, and just how incredibly skilled this guy is and how much of a leader he he can be, especially on the court and especially in both those series against Milwaukee and Golden State with just how calm and composed he was through throughout those games, all the uh, media coverage that went along with him as well. Um, it was crazy. Now, when it came to game six of that series, my girlfriend and I didn't do anything super crazy for that final game. I think we were both so nervous and and so anxious, um, yet excited about that game that we just we just didn't want to go out. Like going to a crowded bar or anything like that, I think just felt like too much. So we just had a friend come over, streaming the game online. Uh, it was it was perfect. And the minute the game ended, all we could hear all around our building was just cheering and car horns honking, people yelling from their balconies <laughs> literally to one another. There was no other feeling like it. It was it was so loud and energetic and kind of uplifting and it and it went so far into the night. And we don't even live in the heart of downtown Toronto at all. We live a, a little further west. But seeing all that outside of our building and how everyone was interacting with each other, and especially seeing the footage of thousands and thousands of Raptors fans parading through the streets, celebrating with each other, chanting, singing, high-fiving, it had me thinking of just how special a moment this really was and what the power of sports can do to really bring people together. I know some people might think sports are kind of lame and stupid, uh, especially when people uh, invest so much of themselves into a certain team or a certain player. It really, people don't get it. They think it's stupid but it's really just like being passionate about anything else, like being passionate about film or music, books, video games, whatever it may be. It's all about finding this community that no matter what age, race, sexuality, or religion, like wherever you belong, you are welcome here. And, and I feel like 
this team, what they did this series and kind of what they did this whole season is they really brought a whole country together from the Northwest Territories to Prince Edward Island. And that is something incredibly special. It's going to be quite some time, I think, before the buzz and the excitement wears off of the city, before it wears off of this province, before it wears off from this whole damn country. Now, the Raptors are set to have their championship parade through the streets of Toronto this very morning. So if you're interested to see what that looks like, I would highly suggest you follow along on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast Cup because you know damn well I'm going to be there. Speaking about things we're passionate about and speaking about things such as video games that I kind of alluded to a little earlier, uh, E3 2019... It's the Electronics Entertainment Expo, took place last week in LA. And along with a bunch of new tech being announced, the big draw to this expo is the game announcements. We saw a trailer for this brand new dystopian first-person shooter called Cyberpunk 2077 uh, that had Keanu Reeves in it. And it's a game that a lot of people have been excited for for a little while now. And we also saw a trailer released for a game that no one actually saw coming or knew anything about the Blair Witch game. That's right. The movie that started the whole craze with the found footage style in movies, the Blair Witch Project, has been adapted into a game and to be released later on this summer. Uh, The storyline of the game actually takes place two years after the original Blair Witch movie, which came out in 99. But the character in the game, uh, he's an ex-cop named Ellis. He runs through the same Black Hills forest as in the movie, searching for a nine-year-old boy armed with nothing but a flashlight, a camera, and his trusty dog, Bullet. And that's pretty much all we know about the story so far and, and kind of what this game is going to involve. Bluebird is the game's developer, Um, They are known for their work in the first-person psychological kind of survival horror genre. And they worked so hard to keep this game a secret that literally nobody at E3 even knew this was happening. And immediately after the trailer was released, had tons of people talking and they were incredibly excited. I have to admit, too, I'm not one of those fans for the horror type of games. But there's just something about this game that has me really interested in playing it. A really cool thing about it as well, the game evolves with you as you play. So depending on the way you handle stressful and dangerous encounters with the world around you, the game game changes and certain interactions uh, change, which to me is kind of unheard of in these type of horror video games. Um, We've seen that in a lot of kind of open world games, different games that change based on your character's morality and interactions like in Red Dead Redemption uh, 2 and, of course, um, the Fable games back in the day. uh, we're We're all about that. We're all about kind of choose your own adventure kind of thing in the storylines played out and certain interactions played out 
a little differently. But again, I don't think I've seen anything like that in a game of this type of genre, like in this world, which is really cool. And I'm really interested to see how that affects the gameplay. Bluebird did a great job as well working uh, along uh, the the film studio, uh, Lionsgate Studios, to create an original storyline for the game, but still keep it canon to the Blair Witch universe. Like I said, the game's going to be released uh, later on this summer on August 30th. It'll be available on Xbox One and PC. We don't know too much about it still. Hopefully some more information will come down the pipeline as the the game faster approaches and i've never been a big fan of the survival horror games but this game looks so enticing i just might need to convert back from my playstation and get an xbox one to play it Moving right along to your Cup of Joe track of the week, this week's track of the week actually isn't just going to be one song, it's two. Now last week, uh, June 13th, we got a brand new two song uh, little EP from Memphis singer-songwriter Julian Baker. Now this is the first look at some new solo music from her since she went on tour last year and released uh, the EP for Boy Genius her singer-songwriter supergroup with Phoebe Bridgers and Lucy Dacus. And the songs are called Red Door and Conversation Piece. And although they may seem like new songs to us, she's actually been playing them and working on them for, for quite some time, especially the song Red Door. If you look that song up, you'll find live videos of Baker playing that song two, two plus years uh, ago, playing them live, playing them in different sessions and different kind of settings and stuff. Now, it's no surprise seeing musicians playing these songs so early before we actually get any type of recorded version of the song. But when it comes to Julian Baker, I feel like she is one of those artists who really takes that extra time to dig in, play these songs, tour them, work on them before she releases anything and and i respect that i like seeing where songs can go and seeing those songs evolve it makes every song feel a little more honest much more heartfelt uh as well especially with the general tone of her songs having these just beautiful haunting expansive sounds that feel both sad yet hopeful and cathartic and both of these new songs definitely go down that same path. They have that same feel. Listening to them back to back, sonically speaking, it feels like Red Door really leads well uh, into conversation piece. Uh, now, the first song, Red Door, is a little more guitar driven with these incredible little guitar licks uh, in the chorus that really add this complexity complexity to the song and a little diversity other than that finger-picking guitar style we've come to know from julian baker uh, we also have some really beautiful 
piano keys and strings being played in the background, which adds an extra layer to the song as well. Uh, the drums used in it are very subtle, subtle enough, but they add kind of almost like this heartbeat to the song that elevates everything until we get to conversation piece. Now, conversation piece is a spacier song than Red Door. And when I say that, I don't mean like literal outer space type of feel. I mean it just in a way that the songs sound like that there's more room for the song to breathe and reverberate. It feels more expansive, especially with those reverb-filled guitars. There's these slow drum rolls, crescendoing strings. It gives the song just a lot of texture and this dreamlike quality that just kind of takes over your whole body when the song's being played. These are two fantastic songs that complement each other so well that uh, unfortunately they didn't make it onto her last record, Turn Out the Lights, in 2017, but we've got them now and they just make you feel all of the feels. So Julian Baker, Red Door, and Conversation Peace. Your Cup of Joe, Tracks of the Week. so much for joining me for episode four of the cup of joe podcast remember you can listen subscribe and rate the podcast on apple podcasts and google podcasts you can follow along with the show on instagram and twitter at podcast cup for show news updates also to see the craziness that is going to be the toronto raptors championship parade this morning thanks again for listening keep positive Have a great week, and I'll see you next Monday.